Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming service streaming services. What the hell was weird? Uh, like uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, what have you. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How are you doing today? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm stressed, uh, pressed for time. Uh, not terribly, but it's been a morning. It's been a week. Um, yeah. Well. Last Thursday, my PlayStation 4 decided to That's right. shit the bed. Uh, not not shit the bed entirely. It just, I, I was, for some reason, I was wanting to play the South Park games again. And I have Stick of Truth and the Fractured But Whole. Well, the Stick of Truth is digital, but the Fractured But Whole is on disc. So I played through Stick of Truth, and I went to load the Fractured But Whole. And this is the first time I've tried to load an actual disc in my console since last February. Because most of the shit I play is digital, but there are games, you know, that I still play on disc. Sure. It wouldn't it wouldn't accept the disc. Wouldn't accept it. Like I was like, that's weird. So I turned it off. And then I manually loaded the disc in that way and then turned it on and it accepted the disc that way, you know, by pulling it in the rest of the way mm-hmm. but it wouldn't read it and then when it ejected it it was just like eh, 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 eh. and i was like what the fuck's going on so i mean my ps4 is old i've had it since fallout 4 release that week's when i got it god yeah um, and I got I got an Uncharted edition. It came with the Uncharted Four and all the other games in the bundle. Yeah. So, uh it's it's out of warranty, obviously. And I have broken it down and cleaned it out before, so I'm familiar with how to tear it down. So I tore it down to the disc drive, and I pull the disc drive out, and I look at it. And everything seems to be okay, except for there's a lip. When it recognizes a disc is in position, this lip comes up in the front to prevent another disc from loading. Uh, this was stuck in the up position. It would not come down. So I was like, okay, well, that's a software thing. You know, it's probably not reading the software right. So went into safe mode, put it back together, went to safe mode, uh, did a software update, still didn't fix it. So went back into safe mode, rebuilt the database, still didn't fix it. Turned it off, disassembled the entire drive and rebuilt it from the ground up put it back in still didn't fix it so i reformatted, reformatted my ps4 completely in factory settings still didn't fix it i was like i've done everything i can do there is nothing left that i can do short of replacing the drive fortunately the drive was only 60 bucks and i had like on an Amazon gift card. So I got the drive for less than $25. That's awesome. And got it yesterday. Popped it open. Tore it down. Put the drive in. Put it back together. Fired it up. Tested it. And it works. Eight minutes to repair it. To to open it up. (laughs) Switch the drive. And put it back together. Eight minutes. Yeah. So that was good. And then today, you know, I'm a little stressed because I got I got an appointment with my prosthesis uh, to get a new permanent socket for my leg and new leg entirely. Uh, and we've had to reschedule the past couple of appointments due to weather and then due to hot water heater not working one day. You know, it's been a it's been a mess. So. I was supposed to be there in an hour and a half from now. And I messaged my nurse this morning because we've had a hectic morning here. And I was like, is there any way I can push this? And then she's like, yeah. So I got three hours. So, yeah. That's me. That's been my week in the morning. 
How about you, Greg? How, how have you been? Uh, this week has been a little tough. We um, we always struggle with bills around here. Um, every every fucking week. Uh, I would say month, but it literally is every week. And um, uh, the biggest issue that comes with it is, I, as I've said, as stated on this podcast before, I'm a caretaker for my dad and my mom. So I do a lot of the stuff. And as as of right now, I'm I'm the only one working. My folks have um, disability pay, and you know, that's fine. But I'm the only one bringing in any income outside of that stuff. And um, the biggest issue that that this biggest hurdle that comes from this is that my dad is of two mindsets. He doesn't want to take care of the bills anymore, but he also can't handle not taking care of the bills. So it's this it's this catch twenty two of like he takes care of the bills and is stressed because of the bills. But if the bills are taken away from him, like let's say I take control of them, he gets depressed because he doesn't have control. Hmm. So that's fun. That's fun to have to fucking deal with. No, but, not at all. <laughs> so we kind of had a we kind of had it out Saturday night, and uh, and I basically told him I was like, it's these it's this it's this two way road. And we have to we have to work together. There is no other way to handle this. I can't take control and you can't take control because then one of us is left in the dark and then nothing happens. So here's what's going to happen from here on out. Every other day, I'm going to ask you what bill is coming up. I'm going to ask you what bill it needs to be paid immediately and, and what bills we're late on. I said, um, we need to figure out exactly how much I need to bring in every month in order to pay all these bills. That's the, this is This is the road that we have to travel down now. And he was like, he was getting, he was getting all like, I'm depressed. I, I, I don't want to get out of this chair. Like, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. And he was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do the big S. But um, he was like, if, if I were to go, I would, you know, I just let it happen. And I'm like, cool. That's what I needed in my life. Uh, I understand but, that mindset because I have been there and it's not easy. Yeah, hundred percent. What I told him is going to sound a little dark, but when you are not in a good mindset, when you're a little depressed or a lot depressed, but you're not suicidal, right? You kind of have these like intrinsic or intrusive thoughts. Like, I think it'd be cool if I got T-boned so hard I died. I'd be cool with that. Like, you know, like those 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 thoughts. Yeah. And um, and I told him I said, if I go to sleep and never wake up, I don't give a fuck. I'm fine with that. You know, and I said to him, I go, I go, I fucking get it. I absolutely fucking get it, dad. Um, I said, you know, I told him, I was like, you don't think I have these same, same thoughts. You don't think I have these same problems. I said, I hitched my fucking wagon. Sorry, I hitched my buggy to this wagon. And now I'm driving the fucking wagon. And I said, you're still here with me. There are some things that we can do to help the depression. It's not going to make it go away. That's not how depression fucking works, but it helps. It helps alleviate it quite significantly, especially for me. And he was like, like what? And I was like, meditation. And he goes, he just kind of gives me that look like, and I'm like, no, not fucking boom. Like everyone fucking thinks that every time I fucking mention meditation, what you literally do is you get a quiet space. You can have some white noise. doesn't matter. Just turn, you know, not the TV with people talking. Um, and you'd literally just concentrate entirely on the air going in and out of your lungs. And the longer you do this, the thoughts will come in. Oh, I got to pay this bill. No, 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 no. Air in, air out. And you just keep doing that for like 20 to 30 minutes a day. No joke. And your brain starts to, your mind starts to kind of like, focus and it makes things easier if that makes sense um again this isn't a solution and it doesn't work for everybody but it definitely works for me and i hear a ton of fucking people that work with specifically my family my brothers do it my mom has done it and it's helped her a lot especially over this pandemic with her fears and stuff mm -hmm. and i try to get my dad i was like dad please fucking listen to me on this one so guess the fuck what? He did. He tries it Monday night, and he's really in a good mood Tuesday. Oh, that's good. And I'm like, okay. So 
but here was the next hurdle was so that that blowout Saturday went into Sunday and uh, my brother wants to get a new phone him and his wife want to get a new phone and but they're on the same family plan as us with uh, T-Mobile we were kind of grandfathered into this old plan the whole thing but uh, he uh, him and Michaela want to not be on it. They wanted to get new phones. So they go in uh, Friday or Saturday. I don't fucking remember. Um, to uh, look up new phones. And the first T-Mobile store they go. And the guy won't even fucking talk to them about financing a phone. Because uh, the bill is late. Which I thought was paid, by the way, at this point. And, uh, um, which was part of that argument. Uh, so he goes to a different T-Mobile store. And the girl's super nice, and she's like, yeah, I'll help you out. Like, I can't do anything about your, like, you, you putting you in a uh, new payment thing for or financing a new phone until the bill's paid, but I can help you look at phones. And she was super nice about it, but she, you know, like, like, there's limitations. And uh, so Sunday, I'm heading out back to work, and I go into my parents' bedroom, to which they are discussing this bill. My dad has this crinkly look on his face, and my mom has has my brother on the phone. And uh, my brother says, if I send $100, which I would normally send on the 10th for the bill, if I send it now, would the bill be able to get paid today? In my mind, I go, we have 250 in the bank, because I just sent that Saturday night. Um, if he sends 100 we can pay the bill, because it's, it's 277 I say this, and I go, here's the thing, Dad. If we if Josh sends the money and we pay the bill right now, then Monday and Tuesday, I can make enough to pay the car insurance, which is like 220 or something like that. I don't even get that out before he just we hate to pay the car insurance. And I just was like, I was like, that fucking attitude, I'm not dealing with. So I just I just walked out of the house. I come home later that night and he just goes, he starts trying to talk to me. And that's that's when we had the that's when we hashed out how the bills were gonna work and and I'm like, you need to meditate and yada, yada, yada. Um, because I was like, if you're going to just shut me out when, I come, when I'm trying to come up with a fucking solution, like this isn't going to work. Uh, so Monday, Josh sends the money. Uh, we, we pay the phone bill. But one of the conversations that my brother and I had on the phone Monday morning was him and Michaela are going to want to go under their own plan entirely. And I think this is a good call. As of right now, the only tie that, like, with any kind of money that we have with any member of our family outside of this house is the phone book. And I would much, much, much prefer not to have any more moving cogs. Yeah, yeah, definitely would make it a lot simpler, less stressful, and, uh, you know, on one front there. Yeah. One of the things that's really interesting about T-Mobile, by the way, they do a financing plan where, like, you get the phone and then you have to sign a contract to pay the phone off over a certain period of time. It's usually about two years. And if you do two oh, that's, years... That, yeah, that's standard for every cell phone company. Is it? Uh, okay, I wasn't, wasn't 100%. Yeah, AT&T, Verizon, uh, you know, all the, comp the, the main companies around here, you sign up a two-year plan, they give you the phone free, essentially. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, that cost is factored into your cell phone bill over the period of two years. And then they allow you to upgrade your phone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, all right. Cause uh, I didn't know that other companies did that. Cause like, that's, that's the thing we have with T-Mobile. Like the phone I have right now, this one, um, I'm paying $25 a month on top of the phone bill. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's a good plan, but you know, I was sitting there thinking like, okay, if Josh and Michaela do this and they do like a two-year plan, they'll probably be paying two hundred to two twenty-five a month, right? Uh, he says that the girl told him eight hundred a month, and I'm like, how the fuck is it that expensive? How are you both paying three hundred dollars a month for your phones? That doesn't make any fucking sense. And he's like, well, they're a thousand-dollar phones, and I'm like, that still doesn't add up. Like, are you paying the phone off in three months? What the fuck is happening here? 
and uh, it turned out that he just over he exaggerated the the actual amount. Oh, and uh, but the but the plan was for six months, so it has still been expensive. Oh, uh, okay. Like, but in in that regard, I'm like, why would you only sign a six month contract? Like, you're paying so much for six months. Stretch it out. Pay a smaller amount for two years. That's my like thought. Most yeah. people, but his life, not mine. But I mean, if you can afford to pay it off that quicker, you know, I'm sure the finance charges are a lot less, and you pay less in interest in that amount of time. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, yesterday was much nicer. After the fucking, it was like Friday to Monday. I was just stressed. I was like, I'm, I'm fucking. I can't think or do anything without like an argument. I'm like, hey, when's when's Boba Fett? <laughs> like, honestly. Speaking of. Yeah. Um, so to get out of our like point is is that you know, I'm I'm in a better spot than I was earlier this week. So it's just been a stressful week, but we made it out of the fucking woods. Um ish. Uh so done talking about that. Um we're going to be talking about what we, we uh, said last week, the finale of Book of Boba Fett and episode um, four, five, and six of Vox Machina, um, the legend of Vox Machina to be very, very specific. So I think we'll start with Vox Machina just to kind of get that out of the way. Uh, and then we'll go into the finale of Book of Boba Fett. Sound like a plan? Okay. Uh so if you remember last week, I was talking about The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, Critical Role had funded 12 episodes of an animated series via their Kickstarter, uh, to which Amazon Prime came in and said, hey, we'll fund a season two. And so there's going to be 24 total episodes. We'll see how much, like, we'll see if they get a season three or whatever, but the show seems to be popular enough. Um, before we get into four, five, and six, I do want to point something out. Uh, I kind of got really, really interested in Critical Role. And so I started listening while I was door dashing their, their third campaign. And I couldn't be more balls deep into their shit right now. Like it's a, you're so balls deep. You got a case of the wet sack, huh? Oh yeah. Like it's, it's, it's bad. I, uh, I've been, I've been kind of doing a deep dive on like their other two campaigns, the Vox Machina campaign and the mighty nine, uh, which is their second one. And, um, their second one, not as much because I don't have any kind of context to it. But that being said, uh, I've been watching. I think I said this last or the the first week we talked about it too, or so last week. Duh. I want I wanted to see people take scenes from the campaign, the actual D and D campaign, and tie it to the episodes, the animated stuff. And people have been doing that quite a bit. So if you remember from the first three episodes, I don't remember which episode it was, but but um, Scanlan, uh, uh, Vexalia, and Percy are trying to open a fucking wooden door, and they just keep failing at it with the lockpick and all kinds of shit. That was in episode four, wasn't it? This of this week's episode was it in this week's? I think so. When they were doing the prison break? No, 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 no. Maybe? It wasn't episode four, but I think it was the prison break episode. Because Vox is like, oh, this isn't a door, it's a thing of evil. Yeah, 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 that's the scene I'm talking about, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. all right, we'll talk about it this week, Jesus. The point I was getting at was, like, I watched a scene, I watched that scene in the actual campaign, and... What was funny about it was every time they went to do something to open the door, they would have low rolls and they just couldn't get through the fucking door. Hilarious, right? Mm -hmm. um, they have a problem with doors. Every fucking campaign, multiple times. This is the first instance of us getting to see them struggle with a fucking door. Uh, don't know why it happens. Don't understand the, the, the like universe is giving them low rolls for fucking opening a door but it's hilarious like in the third campaign uh there's a moment where they have to get through a fucking wooden door and all fucking uh, eight of them are trying to roll to open this fucking door 
and they keep fucking up the rules. <laughs> it's, it's so goddamn funny. So the fact that that was in animation was super fun. But do you want to point out how long would you say that scene was? Less than a minute? Yeah, but in game time, that's playing out in about an hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's in, the in- thing about D&D. You can sit down and play a session um, and play, say, four hours. And you think you got a lot done and you get very little done. Yeah, like in the third campaign so far, I'm in a, I'm, I'm close to the end of episode six. Here's what they've done. They all start off because like since there's eight of them, um, three of them are together, two of them together, and another two together. And then the, then the eighth guy comes in later as a whole thing. And um, they, they're in the middle of this town. They all kind of convene on the same spot-ish which I'm sure was talked about before they started, you know, doing the the campaign, like make your way to this, this tavern. Um, And they are attacked by furniture, like a dinette set, a table, a a fucking rug. They kill it. They kill all all stuff. They meet this guy named Bertram who says, Hey, I have a friend who can give you guys a job. So they go talk to that friend. The, the friend says, uh, the friend attacks them to see how good they are, then heals them. Um, they then are told to go find, to go find information on this person. So then they have like a s- small stealth mission. Um, and uh, I don't want to spoil it because <laughs> it's fun. But the point I'm getting at is that if this if if the first six episodes of their third campaign was in animation, it would maybe be a full twenty two minute episode, maybe. No, I take that back. At the end of episode three, would have been so twelve hours of a D and D campaign is twenty two minutes. It's condensed down to one episode. Yeah, it's fucking wild. So when you're watching this show. If you decide to watch this show, which I do highly recommend my per- my, on, on a personal level, um, understand that. <laughs> that what you're watching is a lot fucking different. But it's so cool, uh, too. It's so fucking rad to see that. Yeah, yeah. And time moves differently in an actual campaign. Like, battles... And that's, you know, a lot of people, that's the meat and bones of playing D&D is, you know, the battles. A battle, uh, each round of combat from start to finish in real time, uh, like if you were in the universe and having a battle each round to last six seconds. Um, Most battles are over in 30 seconds to a minute. Uh but yeah. to actually play that out hour hour and a half two hours sometimes sometimes even more i mean i've played in campaigns before where it's just been a battle and it was one long epic battle that took almost three hours yeah you know there was I, a they just in episode five had a massive fucking battle and uh to the point that like three of them got knocked down Something I didn't know, we didn't do it when we when we were doing our campaign. Um, if someone gets knocked out or gets knocked down or whatever, um, they like another player can give them a potion to revive them. Didn't know that. Yeah, we did that. Did we? Yes. It was just people would be so scattered and in you know engaged in other enemies and. Some people wouldn't risk moving from their positions to help others. Yeah, Um, I should have done that more often. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you could. That's that's how, like, our artificer had the familiar and was able to use the ranged touch spell attack through the familiar, and because it had the form of an owl, I deemed that it it shit the potion out overhead and landed in Greg's mouth. 
I was, that's which, right. I was down when that happened, huh? Yes, you were. Yeah, that's right. Which which sounds exactly like something that would happen in a critical role campaign. Yeah, um, more or less. Uh, one of my favorite moments in this recent fight was um, Fern. Because that's another thing, by the way. They know D&D so fucking well that they're doing some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a fucking automaton character that exists in D&D and it's totally legit. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, but it's, he, probably, it's probably a Warforged. That's what they're, I think that's what they're driving towards. But one of the other characters, played by Ashley Johnson, um, if you don't know who Ashley Johnson is, shame on you. Uh, she's playing a a um, a, uh, a fae creature, like um, uh, she has a like a like a hoofed bottom, like from the waist down. Yeah, it's like a deer, like a, like a satyr or something. Yeah, kind, yeah, kind of like that, and. Um, I don't remember her class, Druid. I think it's Druid. Uh, but she, um, she's very soft-spoken like this, but she fucking is a kleptomaniac, which is hilarious. Um, like every once in a while, she'll just, she'll just chime in and go, I want to steal something. <laughs> like, I want to see if I can pit, pit pocket him. And everyone's just like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but she got knocked down in uh, in that fight, and uh, uh, fresh cut grass is the automaton, which that joke was absolutely hilarious. I think I sent you the clip. Yeah, where... I did watch that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, because Sam 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 Regal does that all the fucking time. Like his his entire like all his now, he, like he that. he's the one that voices Scanlan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, so he did a very like typical bard for the first campaign. In their second campaign, he played a goblin. Oh, which, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, I've watched a few clips of that. Like one of my favorite moments is uh uh him and uh I don't remember the woman's name. Uh she voices uh Vex of uh, Voxalia, the 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 female twin. Laura Bailey, that's who it is. Oh. Okay. She plays a tiefling in the second campaign. And they're trying to figure out how they can um, kill everyone above them while they're in like the basement or something like that. And so there's this really funny moment where Sam and Laura look at each other and then they smile and look back at everybody. And uh, Travis, who's playing, he's uh, playing a half orc, but I don't remember the character's name. Uh <laughs> He looks, they look at him and they go, we have an idea. And Laura goes, it's a very good one. And he goes, what's your idea? And so Sam gets, Sam pulls out, uh, he pulls out like something, look like a gun. And she does this like that. And they're like, what is it? And they look at each other and look back and go, and then, and you just said, fluffer nutter. <laughs> they're like, Okay. What is Fluffernutter? What are you holding? And she goes, this big barrel of black powder. <laughs> and, and Sam just like cocks a gun or something like that. And uh, they're like, so your goal <laughs> is to blow up where we're currently in. <laughs> oh, and, funny. Well, see, that, that kind of harkens back to something that they do in the prison scene. Uh, Grog, he is upset because he's not had any ale in days. Uh, That's right, yes. And he finds some, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've got booze. And they're in a pickle, and she's like, hey, throw it. He's like, but I just got it. She's like, throw it. And then, she, she, you know, they shoot it, and it catches flame and douses everybody in fire. Uh yeah. Which is cool, and and that's that that that's that's awesome to see those things that you think of in the campaign translate to the screen. Exactly, um, exactly. <clears throat> I think that's something for me that I, I I was trying to convince a friend to watch it, and I'm like, when you're watching it, think of it that it was a D and D campaign, 
So when they do something bad or do something right, you can think of it in terms of how they rolled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, th these three episodes, you know, the they get put on house arrest um, because of Percy going nuts and shooting yeah. the coach driver uh, for the uh, what's their last name? Uh, Briarwoods. The Briarwoods, yes. I knew it began with a B, and I was like the Brimstones or something like that, but the town's name's Whitestone. Yeah. Um, like I said, full, full, like, balls deep into this shit. So, like, for some reason, I can remember way too much, but. That's a refreshing change. Right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah, the, this episode arc, basically, it sees them, uh, their place on house arrest. Uh, because of that incident until they can await uh, not so much trial, uh, but await judgment due to their actions based on evidence that they are trying to gather and present. Yeah. Um, during this, some type of phantasms decide to fucking appear because they were summoned by Lady Briarwood to get her book back that they had they had obtained um so that was a really cool thing to see all of them getting like possessed briefly yeah like uh, that that ooh. also like i thought of that fight in terms of a DD battle too where uh you know they were rolling low trying to attack these things and no matter mm -hmm. like and even if they did roll high to do some damage you know matt's sitting there going like it just kind of goes through them you can't yeah. actually attack them. And that's when, you know, who was playing Keyleth goes, all right, I want to use my, like, this ability to have, like, the light of a sun. Which is what causes them to be attacked. So, like, yeah, that, that shit, it's just like, when you think of it from that perspective, it's so fucking cool. At least to me, yeah. like, it gets me whole, all the way into it. Uh well, I love to see that passion reignited in you, though. That's great. It's it's honestly like because of because of the show, because of Critical Role, I'm like, I want to play again, which is I didn't think I was going to want to, but here we are. Well, you know, there was a there was an experience. It was a souring experience. It made me not want to play anymore. I've had a lot of souring experiences. That's the problem. Like. I think I've talked about it a little bit, but you know, the mm -hmm. first time I ever played a tabletop game, the guy with the, the DM was a complete dick bag. Granted it was vampire, the masquerade and not D and D, but whatever. It's tabletop RPG. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, same basic principles apply. You're yes. role playing and there's a combat system. Exactly. And there's dice involved and just and character sheets and stats and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, so that was souring, and then, like, the two times that I played with uh, a couple friends, like, none of us knew exactly what we were doing, and we were just, like, ham-fisting it the entire time, and it fucking sucked. Like, none of those scenarios were necessarily fun. Sure, we had a couple moments, but it wasn't fun. And then this last experience was so fucking bad because of her. Uh, not saying names, but... Um, oh, I knew who you meant. Yeah. And uh, uh, and and that's the thing. Aside from that, it was going great. Yeah, um, I mean, and I, I'll I'll say this much: having watched, you know, or listened to Critical Role's third campaign now for six times four, I can't think of that. Twenty-four. Yeah, tw for for a total of twenty-four hours now, I have a much stronger grasp on what needs to be done in a campaign. Um something that we didn't really do when we were playing and that Matt does a lot is if one of us asks a question, there's a dice roll that can come from that bait. And, and based on that dice roll, the answer will be given. Um, they do a lot of insight checks, a lot to see if a character's lying or not. Yeah. Which we should do like players should do way the fuck more often. At least we should have. So, I think now, well, that if, that that comes with two players not knowing what their characters can do, players not knowing that they should do these things. You know, I can 
I was only able to gently offer things so much without just straight up giving stuff away, you know, and I did my best in order to like. My, my personal biggest issue when it comes to board games in general is I have to play it to really know how to play it. Exactly. Exactly. And really that's, the best way to learn i mean yeah you need to have a copy of the rules handy but you don't have to know them front to back you just gotta get the basic tenets down and then you learn from that and expand upon that and you know but yeah 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 so like yeah but anyway um it's funny how this has turned into talking about D instead of you know well, because like viewing the actual episodes, but here's the thing: I don't want to really spoil the episodes so much because exactly, I want people to watch the episodes. And if yeah, you're exactly. a fan of playing D and don't see why you wouldn't like these episodes unless you're somebody who is everything has to be super serious. Yeah, like that's that's something about um, like there's a really really funny moment in episode five or six, I don't remember, but they're around a campfire and they're just kind of like talking about the biggest villain they ever fought or not villain, but biggest monster or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a pretty lighthearted moment for the most part. Like everyone's kind of sharing these moments and you're like, Oh damn. Or like, it's funny. And Scanlon's is hilarious by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I like legit fucking laughed out loud by myself watching it. Um, And then it gets like st- stupid fucking dark at the end of episode six you're like oh my god and uh here's the crazy part so i sent you a clip of them doing that in the campaign that whole scene Mm -hmm. you have to watch it it is unreal yeah i didn't get a chance to because i didn't watch the episodes until about 8 30 last night so i was done with them about 10 and then i had forgotten to go back and watch that clip it's all right i mean it is what it is. well let's go ahead and and uh give our final thoughts and review on the episodes that we did talk about a ton uh just know that like when you're watching them think of it from D perspective like they were 100 reenacting essentially an animation what they did and not everything obviously not everything um there's a little bit more that goes into it sometimes but that's that's what it is but yeah it's I'll just, I'm just going to say right now, fucking A+. Plus of what I like. It's rare that I go out of my way to watch something twice. Super fucking rare. And this is one of those instances. So well, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I fucking love it. The animation's great. The fucking voice acting's top-notch. Uh, oh, like, yeah. The animation and voice acting both are fucking top-notch. Yeah. Um, I genuinely hope that, they, that this is so popular that they greenlit green light either the rest of vox machina like if if 24 episodes isn't enough to do their entire campaign that they get a season three or four but even after that i really hope that the mighty nine their second campaign gets an animation like i think it'd be fucking rad but you know yeah cross that bridge when we get there i guess it makes me wonder how much work they had to put into doing this because you know like, I know they record all their sessions and they're broadcast online. Um, but to condense them down into a tight, concise storyline with your multiple plot threads. So they, um, Ashley Birch actually wrote, did the like translated it from the D and D thing to script. Okay, there's multiple people who worked on the screenplay itself. Mm-hmm. Not it's not just her, but she basically condensed it. Okay, okay. Which is like, I was like, okay, you're already fucking talented. You didn't have to do that, but here we are. Because it's actually goddamn Birch, which we'll be listening to her talk quite frequently here in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, she's the voice of Aloy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah. I fucking love Ashley Birch. Like she, in my yeah. eyes, she can do no wrong. <laughs> her and her brother are just unbelievably talented. But anyway, so what? What? Uh, what grade are you going to give it? 
Uh, well, it comes up a little bit from last week. You know, last week I gave it a B plus for that first episode arc. And, you know, this week I was definitely more entertained and more invested. So I got to give it an A. Uh, I really enjoy where the story's going. Uh, it's fun. It's dark and gritty when it needs to be dark and gritty. It's light hearted and fucking hilarious when it needs to be, you know, because it can't be all dark and brooding all the time. Um, and if it is, and then it's your thing, cool. You probably won't like this. But, yeah, give this give this a shot if you haven't already. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Cool battles, hilarious instances. Like when they're trying to fucking open that fucking door. Yeah. And Scanlan does his uh, Scanlan's boot spell, and it fails to open the door, and they're like, how are we going to get in? And then the fucking guard just opens up the door and throws out a bucket of piss, you know, because that's their chamber pot, you know, yeah, uh, their pot to piss in. And they're just soaked with piss. I was like, yeah, that's definitely something that's like, remember when we were in the one, uh, the mm-hmm. fortress and uh, the one character got pulled into the sewage water, the shit water. Yeah. I, you I know, what's like, funny yeah. about that is we, we spent like four fucking sessions trying to find a way to clean ourselves off. I didn't know I could just pre predisposition of that off. Pre- yeah. Prestidigitation. Um yeah, they they do that all the time in, in Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. I can never fucking pronounce it. Prestidigitation. <sighs> Jesus. Uh yeah, you can just use that spell or that sorry that cantrip to like at any point outside of battle to clean something. Didn't know that. He all walked around smelling like shit and piss. It was great. Well, if you remember the scene where one get, one of us gets fucking eaten by a frog, and then I shrink the frog, I could have just I could have just prejudicization the clean. Like it's that's so fucking funny. I didn't know that, but I'm glad well, I do now. The, hearing them complaining about it though was just so amusing. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. let's go ahead and move on to the finale of the book of Boba Fett. Um. Yeah, it's been you know it's week seven of the show. Uh, everything you know, like I, I really like how this show had the. I don't know if I say desire is the right word, but it definitely did a thing where it built with multiple characters to this finale. Yeah, it did, and I like it specifically the last two episodes. But, uh, my God. Was there a lot happening here? A lot of fucking moving parts. Um, I don't even know how to give a synopsis for this episode because I well, don't want to spoil it. Well, uh, we'll spoil some of it. Um, w- some of it we'll have to. Uh, basically, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you've not watched the season finale yet of the Book of Boba Fett and you don't want spoilers, stop listening now. And come back and listen after you've watched it. Um, it starts out. Remember the uh, casino sanctuary that was bombed at the end of episode six. Um, Boba Fett, Fennec Shan, and the Mandalorian are in there, uh, along with the mods, and they're trying to figure out their next move. And Boba's like, "Well, let's go back to the palace." And the mods are like, "No." You said you were going to protect the people. We're here. This is a defensible position. You know, because one, you know, even though the inside was incinerated, it's still pretty sturdy from the outside and just random blaster fire. It's very defensible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so they start putting all their pieces in place. They're like, all right, we'll stay here. We'll strategize from here. We'll put our pieces in place. We'll put Chrysanthemum in the Trandoshan district. And the mods will be in the Aqualish district. And uh, the Gamorians will be watching the Starport. You know, and if the Pikes show up in their numbers, we'll, we'll, have the, we'll have the advantage on them, know when to pounce. And they think everything is going well. But it all goes to shit. Yeah, the Aqualishes were paid off and the Tradotions were paid off. 
Yeah, yeah. All all the all the families had double crossed Boba Fett and you know their his uh army of his his, his his yeah, his ragtag army is being pinned down and overwhelmed by these other families uh gotchas, I think is the name that they used. Um uh, you see then Cad Bane show up to offer negotiations with Boba Fett. And you get a little glimpse of the history between the two, uh, which yeah. was really cool. Because that, that entire history exists in... Uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah. Was it Clone... I thought it also went into Rebels, too. I could be wrong. It did. Clone okay. Wars and Rebels, but... Primarily Clone Wars. Yeah, primarily Clone Wars. Uh, you see Boba Fett tell him no deal. And uh, then the attacks really start to unfold. Uh, shit looks bad. And it's just Boba and Mando. Uh, because Fennec Shan takes off to go try to help out the mods. And, you know... Uh, she's also going for the head of the Pike Syndicate in Moss Eisley. You know, this takes place in Moss Espa. She's trying to make it to Moss Eisley in time to shut this attack down. And you see Boba and Mando fucking just gunfighting it out. It's like the OK Corral against just dozens and dozens of Pike Syndicate troopers. There couldn't and have been a stronger more um robert rodriguez scene than that it was very cool i like desperado was the first movie that came to mind watching that scene i was like this is this is star wars desperado this is what the fuck this is and i was i was digging the hell out of it oh yeah uh one of the things we didn't mention is at the end of episode six a certain character was given a choice and yes. we see how that choice plays out in this episode. Very happy about that, by the way. Very happy. I was shocked by it, to be honest. I was surprised that that was the choice. You know, um, what's funny is I saw, like, a lot of people were apparently shocked when they saw him pop out of the cockpit. I guess we're spoiling that. But, um, but I immediately knew what was up when I saw... R2-D2. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I was like, oh, no, no. I'm happy uh, about it for a couple reasons because we kind of know how Luke's Jedi Temple plays out. Yeah. Um, And knowing that the, 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 a small amount of training that Grogu got will be enough and he'll probably expand upon those as he gets older. Yeah, and and plus two, it's like Luke was saying to Ahsoka in the last episode, it's not that I'm really teaching him anything, it's more that he's remembering everything. Exactly, exactly. So it's established that he's already got years of training. He was just mentally blocked, and Luke's helped him to unblock that somewhat. Um, But yeah, we see, so yeah, Grogu's back. Grogu made his choice. <laughs> Wearing the chain shirt. Um, we see... Um, and he lands at uh, Pelimata's uh, starport. Um, but, yeah. We see Mando and Boba. They're, they're getting outnumbered. And then... The people of Freetown show up. Uh, in some armored speeders. And they're helping turn the fight. And Mando says to the weak way, the bartender, played by W. Earl Brown, who played Dan Doherty in Deadwood, along with Timothy Oliphant, uh, he, uh, he's like, I didn't think you'd come. He's like, we had to. He says, where's the marshal? He said, they gunned him down in cold blood. Uh, implying that Cobb Vanth is dead. Um.
then they they rally, they turn the tides, and then a couple of Scorponek droids come up. No, uh, were these never, were these droids in anything other than this? Because I don't fucking remember. I don't know because I've never watched all of Cl- Clone Wars or Rebels, but I know they were called Scorponek droids. Scorpion, yeah, because I had the subtitles on Scorponek droids. Star Wars. Scorponek Annihilator droid appearances. Let's see. Uh, apparently. They were used by the Trade Federation. Uh, they are much, much larger version of the destroyer droid mm-hmm. with massive cannons. Uh, I've genuinely never seen them before, but apparently they're they're part of the history, especially of Clone Wars. They appeared in concept or in Attack of the Clones, uh, but they never really appeared on screen. So okay, this would that's why it's my first time seeing them. So that's cool. Um but yeah, these things are massive and they're just heavy blasters doing some serious damage. And they're they're pinned down and Boba's like, We need we need more help and Mando's like it looks like you're all out of friends at this point. He's like, help defend them. I'll be back. Boba flies off. You're like, where the fuck's he going? Well, I'm telling you, and I've already thought of an episode title for this week. And you might be cool, but you'll never be as cool as Boba Fett riding a Rancor cool. For <laughs> fucking real. <laughs> that was awesome. I thought he was going back to get his ship. I thought he was going back to get the fire spray, but he's like, he fucking rides up on a goddamn, like, I hear the boom, boom, and I went, no way did he grab the Rancor. Well, you remember <laughs> when he was, when Danny Trejo's character brought him the Rancor, he was like, I would like to ride him. <laughs> I kind of forgot about the Rancor because that was the only scene we had with the Rancor. Um, so it was just fucking, that was awesome. God, that was fucking cool. And then watching a Rancor just rip fucking droids in half, I was like, oh my God. And you see, you know, the Rancor battering these shields, trying to weaken the shields. And you see Din Djarin, uh Mando, you know, coming from the other side, trying to use the Darksaber to try to get in through the, through the shields. Uh, it's a great fucking fight. And then during all this, Peli Mata shows up with Grogu. She's like, Mando, I've been looking for you. He's like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I wanted to tell you, look. He's like, what? And they have this moment, you know, while they're on this fucking little uh, uh, rickshaw. You know, he's riding on the back of it. And he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, it's great to see you. I'm happy to see you. He's like, oh, you got the shirt. You know, um, it was just a cool little heartwarming moment. The but fucking jump into jump into Mando's arms, like I was like, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just flat out jumped to him. Yeah, and Misty, we were watching it, and she's like, "Yep, that's your daddy." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's that's something that like everyone has thought about watching Mandalorian season one and two, and that Luke says, you know, he's gonna outlive Mando. 100 percent and he has to like he has to know that and i think you know he will he will eventually Mm -hmm. but right now right now we're enjoying this this uh duo oh yeah i saw a piece of fan art that showed grogu all grown up uh and he's like an old jedi master and he's got a lightsaber in one hand and he's wearing the mudhorn pauldron from mando's armor on his shoulder and his other pieces of armor on his body. Uh, and it was just really cool looking. I can't remember exactly what it said in the context of it. Something about, you know, talking to a Padawan about not fearing death. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was cool looking. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw one that had, like, it showed, it showed Grogu uh, a bit older wearing just full-on modified the mando armor and i was like i don't 
think that would ever happen, but it is cool looking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we see awesome battle spread out over the streets of Mos Espa. It's by uh, far the most action-packed episode we've had of this show. Oh, absolutely. I would you argue know. more action-packed than any episode of Mandalorian. Possibly so. Possibly so. Uh, I do. Very I, good. Yeah, I was like, I do like one of the better characters that came around to me or came around on me, I should say, was uh, the uh, the Twi'lek, um, the one that spoke for the mayor. I don't remember the character's Matt name. Barry, Matt Berry is the one who plays him, right? No. No, Matt Berry voices the droid. Yeah, 8D8. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know who I'm, you're talking about, though. Yeah. Uh, he's fucking hilarious. The scene where he goes out to negotiate to the Pikes, fucking mm-hmm. so funny. Misty's uh, like, what the hell's he doing? He just said he wasn't going to surrender. I was like, honey, this is a classic bait and switch. It was so fucking cool. That scene, the, the scene where they fucking fly in and they're just like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, ah! <laughs> that was, it was cool. It, yeah, uh, we, uh, oh. We'll not spoil everything, you know, no, because but... more shit happens. And I want you to watch it to see how it plays out. But it is action packed. It is fun. It sows the seeds for a second season, uh, which I was it... kind of surprised about. I was oh, and and for anybody watching this, do not leave as soon as the credits start. There is an in a mid credit scene. There's no end uh, credit, but just mid. Yeah, there's a there's a that's what I said, wasn't it? I said end and then said I just, mid. I'm just clarifying. I'm just clarifying. Yeah, yeah. There's a mid credit scene uh, that does uh, confirm the fate of a character. We'll not say who. Yeah, uh, leave it there. Yeah, you do get a showdown between two badasses, which is awesome. And yeah, it, I, it ended way differently than I thought it was going to. Straight up, I, I don't think that character's done. Oh no no no! Well, that's that's the thing about Star Wars. Like, hey, is like is Star Wars and Marvel are the same fucking thing? Just because you think a character might be dead doesn't fucking mean they're dead. And Star Wars has has proven that over the past like ten years, hardcore. Oh yeah, like there's like if the actor's done, I think that the character died. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, uh, like Han Solo, um, or Princess Leia, uh, but even then. Like there was still Rogue One, <laughs> she was there, so it's it's whatever. But um, yeah, don't count anybody out straight up. Uh, that's um, but yeah, like this episode had so much going for it, and I fucking loved every second of it. I I'm gonna go ahead and just give my final thoughts in a grade so we can wrap this up. Yeah, um, yeah, like everything was really fun about it. Like I'm not gonna say that the CG or the the visual effects were always dead on. But I do appreciate uh, there was a ton more fucking practical effects than, than in the past. But like there, like that scene, the hilarious scene where the fucking rickshaw droid breaks and they fucking fly out of the the. the she rickshaw, comes like, up, spitting her tooth out. So funny. <laughs> I will say this: the 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 visual on that slow mo was bad. It was like it yeah. was not very good. But the 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 scene itself is funny and fun. So it's kind of like. Am I, are you really going to get that nitpicky on that shit? Like, it's just, just enjoy it for what it is. Um, like you can notice that kind of stuff and be like, Oh, that was still really fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I, like we all fucking love Amy Sedaris's character. Uh, everybody who watches the show loves that character. Not really. I know a couple of people that absolutely hate it, but you know, still weird. Um, it is odd, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I fucking, thoroughly enjoyed everything this episode had to offer. I don't think there was a part of it that I was like, meh. Because it was just it was just fun. It was just Star Wars fucking fun. And uh and the other thing I want to point out about this show that I really enjoy and I'm happy that the show's doing it is light on the force. Yes. Uh don't get me wrong, I love my space wizards, but for fuck's sake, Star Wars isn't just space wizards. Star Wars is so much more. And The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett are definitely exemplifying that. I think for the most part, Rebels did a good job of that. Uh, but, you know, two of the main characters were fucking Force users, so there's that. Um, and, and again, don't get me wrong. 
I fucking love force wielders, but Jesus Christ, not every story has to evolve around them. So fucking stoked that this, uh, that's this, this show exists. Like, and I, I'm excited that we're going to like, there's a very good chance we're getting a season two. Uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's not confirmed, but there is a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the story could go because of the mid credit scene. Um, but the fact that, you know, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett are tied together so strongly is exciting for the future. And I and I, I have to imagine that the Ahsoka show will also tie in somehow. Oh, yeah. Since th- 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 we have to be picking up that show at the roughly the same time. So. But. But yeah, Star Wars is back, baby. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this episode an A+. Plus. Uh, the series as a whole, I'll give it. Did I say? A, give it a grade. You didn't say. You didn't say, but it was implied. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, series as a whole, I'd give it a solid A. There were a couple of lull moments here and there, but overall, it was really strong. It built to this crescendo that delivered on all counts. Yeah. Um, totally agree. You know. But yeah, check it out. Watch it if you haven't already. It really, really... Um, made me enjoy the character of Boba Fett other than, you know, I mean, I always thought he looked cool as fuck, but I really enjoy what they did with him. They made him grow. They gave him personality. They gave him dimension. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, and that was something I said to my dad after we finished watching it because he was like, is blah, blah, blah dead? And I went, don't, don't count them out because the thing about Star Wars is we just had a whole seven episode show about a character we thought was fucking dead. Yeah. So. Uh, and that, that, that should speak volumes on Star Wars. Like it's, and, I, and I'll argue this until I'm blue in the face. Marvel and Star Wars are for everybody. And because they're for everybody, kids can enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. So before you get on your high horse saying like, it should be this and it should be that. No, the fuck it shouldn't. It should be enjoyable for every age. Period. Yeah, absolutely. If a character doesn't stay dead and comes back, so the fuck be it. Just just enjoy what we got. You you can critique it. You can say, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. That's fine. But like, don't make it into like, it shouldn't be for kids or start gatekeeping because I swear to God, I'll come for you. I swear to I swear to whatever God you believe in, I will Jay and Silent Bob the situation. <laughs> How many people want to kick some ass? <laughs> <laughs> End of Jay and Silent Bob strike back. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we're going to wrap this puppy up. Uh, next week, we're going to review episodes 7, 8, and 9 of uh, Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, we don't have anything lined up for to watch this week. Uh, if we do, follow us on all the socials, which will be listed down below. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more on top of it if we do add something. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's where you'd find out with, if we do add something. But as of right now, it's just 789 seven, of Uh which you can watch on Amazon Prime. Keep that in mind. Um, also, uh, make sure you check out our, our uh, Teespring store. Uh, it's where you can find some merch. Um, I don't remember exactly what's on there other than t-shirts. So, you know, you should go check it out and find out for yourself. See if there's something on there that I haven't listed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, if you want to watch the live version of the podcast, um, you can find that on our YouTube channel, which is just titled All Queued Up. Um, but if you listen to this on your favorite podcast, uh on the streaming platform that you listen to, give the show a grade, uh, give it a, a you know five star or something to that effect, so that way other people can find us. Um, you know, pushes the algorithm out, and and you know if people like review shows based on this kind of stuff, maybe they can find us. Um, so that helps us out. It's free to you. Same with the YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe to it. Give it a like. It helps us out. Um, other than that, my working folks find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Don Fisher. It's a public profile, so if you want to follow me, you can do so. Uh, hit me up, talk to me about things we discuss on here, what have you. Just don't be a creep. Uh, 
If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, they're also linked to my Facebook page. Um, easily done from there. You don't don't have to worry about trying to remember what what username, what screen name was it? How do I find it? It's on the Facebook page. It's linked. It's right there. Just click it. Uh, other shows you can catch me on on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. You can catch me on a show called Figure Banging. New episode this week. Uh, tune in at 9.30 p.m. Eastern uh, to catch it live. Uh, you know, and it's on YouTube, so you can always catch the replay after the fact, which by the time this publishes, it'll have already aired. But yeah, you can catch me there. Uh, and that's everywhere where I'm at normally. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can find me on all social medias under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that uh, um, I posted a new TikTok video. It's really fucking stupid. Don't go watch it. Um, the chicken but also, nugget. Uh-huh. It's, I love the music. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good, but yeah, it's on my TikTok. Uh you can also follow me uh, talking to Anthony on occasion about video games and upcoming video games and video game news on um, Mission Start Tubes or just Mission Start Podcast, which you can find on any streaming platform you listen to podcasts on. Uh, but other than that, I think I think that's it. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening again next week. Episode 7, 8, and 9 of The Legend of Ox Machina. And we'll let you know if any, we add anything on the socials. Um, But yeah, like I said, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.